TV Campfire Podcast. I was like, yep, okay, so you win for the week. <laughs> <laughs> We're here. I hate to sound like a broken road. Oh, no! <laughs> We're fans. It's one of the best things on television. Oh! oh! All right, we got you a hold of Oh, no, you didn't. We talk TV. That was the best scene ever. Like, All that right, blew I'll- me away. It was absolutely amazing. I just couldn't believe it. Welcome to the show. This is podcast number 463, and I'm Libby, your host, and this week we have returning guests. Hi, this is Yusun, costume designer and TV enthusiast from Los Angeles. Hi, this is Allison, and I write reviews for Weednopolis. This is Tom. I'm executive director of screenwriting at Azusa Pacific University in Los Angeles. And hi, this is Greg, TV enthusiast from St. Louis. Welcome back, Greg. Thank you for joining Yay! us. Yay! Hello, everyone. <laughs> All right, let's start off with the news. First up, uh, the show The Moody's has been renewed for season two at Fox. The EP uh, Peter Linkoff uh, was fired at CBS. He was a showrunner for both MacGyver and uh, Magnum P.I. He was fired for creating a hostile work environment. As someone who worked on one of his shows, I can confirm his work environment was very hostile. <laughs> and it was a re- part of the reason why I, we, I was on MacGyver for about half a season, and that was part of the reason why I left. So mm. that never happens. I'm actually really happy about that. Um, Run was canceled at HBO. Deservedly so. Oh, wow. <laughs> So uh, it started out really strong and then ended absolutely nowhere. Like they ran out of film. That's how it ended. <laughs> wow. Uh, another so. another thing is uh, we're talking about EPs. The EP for Roswell has quit before season three, which is weird because it seems like it came out of nowhere. So I have no idea. And I also a connection are Roswell and Legacies are the same production company. So we all work together in the same offices. I had heard nothing about her wanting to leave or being there was, like, I don't know what's going on with that. There was some back channel, I hate to say gossip, or basically there there were there were issues with some of the same-sex love scenes in overseas market that Warner Brothers evidently was not happy with. And so they had to make some cuts for overseas versions, and they didn't make cuts for some of the heterosexual couples. And she that was... That was something that that was brought up in an article I read about it. Oh, so and so like, she that was she she quit under protest. <laughs> well, it sounds like it, it sounds like it might have been mutual that you embarrassed us. It's like well, you guys are two faced because you know the the you know same sex couples share a smooch, but the heterosexual couples can bump and grind. So I don't All right. know. All right, politics. Um, right. Yeah. All right. So the next thing I know is talking about is CW. Uh, Batwoman, the new Batwoman has been cast, and it is I'm saying, a black woman. Well, I was gonna say her name. She How about that? Javi- Javicia Leslie, Leslie, I think yes. Uh, and she's Jessica from. Looks alone. She looks great. She, she's gorgeous, but she was on um, God Friend of Me, and I really liked mm-hmm. her on God Friend of Me. So I was happy because I know she can act. I know she can. I'm pretty sure she can carry the weight of the show. I'm confident. I'm, I'm much more confident in that because I remember when they hired Ruby Rose, I was really worried because everything I had seen her in, she wasn't very good. And so I was like, I don't know how she's going to carry this show. And Plus the answer knew- was she didn't. So. 
Plus, oh, also, also, also I want to make sure people years. understand. What did you yeah. say? I, I, go ahead, Yusin. Oh, no, I just wanted to qualify, though, that when I said that she she looks good for the role, I didn't mean she was just pretty. She seems athletic and, like, you know, um, strong and, you know what I'm saying? So I didn't want people to think that I just thought she was pretty. She is pretty, but I feel like she's got the right look for it, the physicality of it. Okay. And, and I said the fact that she's coming from another show that ran two seasons means she can play well with others. Right, 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 right. All right, the next piece of news I have is that um, speaking about Batman, uh, or Batwoman universe, um, the Batman TV spinoff series is set for HBO Max, and it will be set in the same universe as the Patterson Batman movie. Uh, Pattinson. What did I say? Mm. Patterson. Whatever. I don't like that dude. (laughs) Um, I haven't bothered to learn his name. That That is the extent uh, Better Things has been renewed for season five at FX. Um, Rami, Rami uh, has been renewed for season three at Hulu. Lucy Liu is set to star in an ABC comedy yet untitled. Uh, HBO Max has renewed uh, Legendary for season two. Uh, the Crown has been extended to season six at Netflix. And the something adventures, the chilling adventures of Sabrina has been canceled at Netflix. That is such a shame. I don't know why. Mm. The Sabrina one. Yeah, I thought it was doing well rating wise. So it's weird that they suddenly just. You know, yeah, I thought it was doing it. well too. So I don't know. Netflix. Yeah. Go ahead, yeah. Tom. Your 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 news. Okay, ABC is developing a Black Wonder Years remake with Lee Daniels and Fred Savage. Apple TV Plus has signed an overall deal with the Maurice Sendak Foundation, and he wrote Where the Wild Things Are, a famous children's book. Uh, Darren Starr from Sex and the City and Younger has signed a multi-year deal with Viacom's Entertainment and Youth Group. The CW has picked up Stargirl for season two. It It will not also run on DC Universe. Um, FX is developing a mystery dramedy from Matthew Weiner, who created Mad Men. It will be his return to to basic cable. HBO has cast Michelle Williams and Oscar Isaac in a remake of the 1973 Ingmar Bergman miniseries, Scenes from a Marriage. HBO Max has ordered a Young Love animated series, which is a follow-up to Matthew Cherry's Oscar-winning short film, Hair Love. Lionsgate and Oprah are partnering with Nicole Hannah-Jones to bring the New York Times 1619 project to film and television. Uh, Netflix has uh, green or they've renewed Dead to Me for its third and final season. Showtime is developing a Lena Horne limited series, and her granddaughter Jenny Lumet is going to serve as executive producer and will co-write the first few episodes. Uh, Universal Cable Productions has greenlit a limited series with Elizabeth Moss as as killer Candy Montgomery Nielsen has uh, incited the ire of all the media companies they plan to delay out of home viewing in the national ratings that's bars, offices, hotels which um, the conglomerates are not happy Viacom Wait, CBS was the first one to express you, their displeasure yeah, but I'm like, Say I'm what? Like, what do you mean by delay for, I'm, I'm not clear what they're Basically, delaying they're not going to report bars, offices and hotels in the national ratings immediately which is a huge chunk. It's like 11% for sports viewing and 9% for news viewing. 
And then finally, the Television Critics Awards nominees have been announced. Watchmen and Unbelievable lead the pack with four apiece. Better Call Saul, Mrs. America, Schitt's Creek, and Succession have three apiece. And Better Things, Dead to Me, The Great, and Insecure have two apiece. Okay. All righty. So let's start off with the shows. Um, First up, we're going to talk about Perry Mason. And this time, I actually caught up. I spent all last night watching two and a half episodes of Perry Mason, <laughs> and I'm out. Really? Yes. Seriously? It, it is the slowest of all slow shows that slowed. Uh, <laughs> like, it's... I, I, I told uh, Yusin yesterday, I was texting her, and I said, I don't think I could watch another episode of Perry Mason or else I'll accidentally fall into a coma. So, like, it, it's like, I get what the story, but, like, sometimes it's like the editing and the pacing just boggles my mind. So there was, like, a shot with Lithgow where I think they were trying to convey that he might be having some dementia or some health issues or something. In the, in yeah. the office? No, no, when he was at home uh, getting, you know, getting ready for work and there was, like, blood in the sink and everything. But they oh, yeah, were yeah, yeah. they were like lingering on the shots on, on these shots that made the scene so slow that I was like, yeah, I get the point, guys. Yes, he has dementia. His mind is wandering. I get it. Stop. Just cut. Like I was yelling at my screen because they, they the pacing <laughs> of of the show like alternates between it's a murder mystery. We're trying to figure out who killed this kid. Okay, great. But then they're like so self-indulgent with the directing and the pacing that they want to just linger on these shots like it's a feature film and television pacing and movie pacing are different and when I have the option if I'm stuck in a movie theater yes you can make me sit there and watch a shot but if I have the option to turn the channel man just like you can't like especially once I get the point like and the shot wasn't even that beautiful that you were like oh my god I have to stay on the shot like it bothered the heck out of me and I could it felt like it was eclectic it was like the pacing for the scenes with the detective uh, Perry Mason himself where he's going around doing the gumshoe stuff that was a little better but then any other character when we were with uh god the church church people uh, I forgot oh, who Sister they are. Alice yeah Sister, Sister Alice them, their shots lingered forever and it was like it was two different editing teams or something like it was so bizarre that they couldn't figure out the tone and the pacing of the show and I I just I don't care like and they gave you so many red herrings that you don't understand why the police is covering this up and faking evidence and beating witnesses and just like I, I don't care so well, that's I think my I think that's partly that's partly it because it's not really a who done it. We we pretty much know who killed the kid. They show us, you know, the, who the people were who were conspiring together. Well, yeah. we know and the cop. We know the cop very, was very, conspiring, and, but yeah, I don't know why the cop was conspiring. That's the thing. It's not a who done it. It's a why done it. And I and yes. I think it's going to turn out to be a much bigger conspiracy that actually leads to this. And and I think that's the main thing. It's not who. It's why. Um, it's like not, with, it's with, not like compelling. It's not. It's not where. It's when. <laughs> uh, so you know, I I think that's the the thing. I have a completely different. I mean, you know, your your point of view is legitimate, but I I have a completely different reaction to Perry Mason because I'm enjoying every moment really of of this series, 
and uh, I like the pace. I think that I think it works for the subject matter to immerse you in this is uh, this other era and and the people who are in it and this last episode in particular which really focused more on sister alice and mm-hmm. her motivations i thought was fantastic and it, it gave tatiana maslani you know a chance to really show off well which i, I was also she, like is she crazy town she's like i shall resurrect well, she the- epilepsy she has epilepsy she has, oh yeah, yeah. She's, she's epileptic yeah i got and that part it's common t- for people who have epilepsy to also experience while they're seizuring um hallucinations and because she is she is an extremely religious person she translates that into into religious God is telling her to do imagery she believes so she's in in essence you know i was waiting to see if they were going to make her a con artist or they were going to do what and it, it she is absolutely a true believer she she experiences these things and she 100 percent believes they're real all right she, so, but that's know, why that's, I said, is she crazy town? Because she was like, yeah. I shall resurrect the child. And I was like, mm, I'm going to say that's not going to happen because this is not that kind of show. I, uh, I wonder, Libby, if what you're reacting to, I think they might have made a deliberate decision to not to, to use, you know, to use an editing style consistent with movies of that period. Because if you look at film history, if you look at older film, if right, you look right. at freaking Star Wars from the 70s, it plays slow compared to mm-hmm. now's MTV cut, cut, cut. Well, I'm not saying. Well, uh, here's the thing. I don't like the super cutty either. I think that's super annoying. I think that you should be able to tell your story. And, but my my problem is inconsistency in the pacing. So when they're dealing with Perry Mason and he's with people and discussing stuff and trying to figure it out, it's paced slower than a normal TV show. But it's still paced to where the conversation can happen. He's doing his discoveries. He's figuring stuff out. But then I also feel like they linger on stuff unnecessarily. Like when he first finds that body of the guy and the head's like blown up and they, they obviously went through a lot of trouble to make this doll thing that, that looks sort of realistic. They sit on those shots yeah, way they did. too long. I was like, what are you doing? Yes. That was just I, nasty. It was ridiculous. I was like, that that was completely <laughs> unnecessary. And I that's the kind of stuff I was talking about. Like... They do stuff like that for I can't tell why. Like, why are you doing that? Hmm. And so that's what's bothering me more than anything else. So yeah, I, I really liked the scenes with Chris Chalk in this episode, the black cop. Yeah, yeah, I thought oh, that yeah. was great. Yes, his scenes are really great. Yes, especially especially when he finally does give Perry the information and tells him I'll deny it because he knows he's in a precarious position because right. of his race. Right, yes. right. And that dude, like, creepily, like, touches his wife's belly. I was like, dude, what are you doing? Like, it was yeah. obviously a threat to not just his wife, but to the baby. Mm-hmm. Like, that was just... No, and and, and I, I mean, I get that the cop was trying... Like, he didn't even need to do that. Like, I felt like he went one step too far with his threat. He could have just shown up and been like, hey, don't talk to the guy, let me buy you some food... In the end, he would have got the message, but then him putting his hand on his wife's belly like that, I was like, I felt like that cop overdid it because he probably wouldn't have said anything. And I think I personally thought that him by threatening the baby, like I think that that had a reverse reaction to you know what I mean. Well, I think I think it absolutely did, but I think that's the, mm-hmm. that's the whole point. He was he he just all he knows is is force and threats 
that's right. that's where he's coming from. That's where he lives, and he doesn't realize when he pushes too far and sends people in the opposite direction. Correct. Right. Yeah. So, so yeah, I that part, that storyline is interesting. I like that. I like that that actor. I think he's doing a great job, and the level. I like the subtlety of the threat and the fear that you see in his eyes. All of that was played really well. But mm-hmm. and there's nothing wrong with the actors. All the actors are bringing their A game. That's not my issue with the show. I just felt like if they had recut this thing and pasted it up, I think it would be more palatable, more compelling. And, yeah, more compelling cuz then you could bring the tension, you could cuz the things that they're doing that they think are bringing tension are actually slowing it down. And it's just like, "Oh, come on, let's go." You know, and I, I don't Get think the it party works. started. Yeah, I don't think it works. So well, I think, you know, it's it's still early yet, and they may pick up the pacing as it goes along. This is HBO, so. probably not, mainly because HBO doesn't give you, <laughs> HBO doesn't give you a specific timing of your show has, because I'll tell you this, we've had episodes on Legacies that were 15, 20 minutes longer than what we could air, and the stuff was good, but we had to cut stuff out, we had to pace things up. And by the time you guys see it, it's it, it just flies, you know? And I if you don't have to, if you don't get the pressure from the network to 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 trim the fat and to just get to the story And to then, conform to a time slot. And conform to a time slot, then you're not going to. And so then you just leave that fat in the show. And although so, they've I, been I think pretty a, consistently clocking in at less than an hour, so True, but yeah. I feel like this. Sh- then that means it doesn't have enough story, to me. That means there's not enough. If you're letting a shot linger for as long as they're letting the shots linger, then you don't have enough story to fill that. I love this. I love this scene when Della got to you know barges in and protects and protects the um, the wife. Oh yeah, that was really good. Yeah, she's great. Like I said, all the yeah, yeah, all the we got to wrap it up. I'm sorry. I know I I kind of killed your buzz. So two thumbs up, one thumbs down. (laughs) Yeah. I like I said, the acting is really good. Like everyone is bringing their A game. I just wish that that a and I can't even necessarily blame it on the editor. It's like that's the producer's uh, fault. But anyway. Next up. So you're saying it's Iron Man and Mrs. Iron Man's fault. Because <laughs> uh, Team Downey is producers on the show. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're probably... It's it's basically someone who has nobody to tell them no. That, that actors tend to not... They, they, want the, they want to milk the performances. And sometimes they're not looking at the bigger picture. That's all. Anyway, let's move on. Next up, we're going to talk about Snowpiercer, and this was La Révolution episode, and at first, from the last episode, I was worried that uh, Leighton, I I couldn't understand why he was trusting the psychopath chick with information. I was like, why would you trust her? She's going to betray you. And then when, you know, he's doing the lights, and they're using her, and they're having her confirm stuff, I was like, what are you doing? But then... Once I realized the fullness of the plan, I was like, oh, you're using her. Okay, that makes way more sense. So what did you, I've talked a lot on the last one. So what did you guys think of the episode? Well, I thought I, w- I was actually thinking very much along your terms when I, when I 
at the very beginning of the episode, I thought, why would you trust her? Why, of, of all the people on the train, why in the world? And it turned out that they only trusted her to be untrustworthy. Correct. They could predict her, basically, right. was it. Um, and as soon as they established that, I went, oh, okay, you're not as dumb as I was fearing you were. Uh, but I, I thought it was a, a really great episode. I loved that they were finally getting you know, to the whole revolution thing revolution yeah <laughs> it was cool i really and the plan was pretty good it was, i mean obviously there were problems and everything didn't go to plan but they planned for a lot of the contingencies which i think i thought was really impressive oh yeah i mean the, the thing is they they everything sort of converged at the same time and some of it most of it actually went the way they wanted it to there were just a few things that they couldn't quite control yeah they couldn't control and, right. yeah uh -huh. like uh, this, all the things going on with with ruth and the head security guy um which i thought was actually brilliant i loved seeing allison wright being able to get she's so more. awesome she is she is fantastic <laughs> and i loved seeing that her get more to do than just you know walk around going oh wilfred's so wonderful <laughs> and she gets to use her real accent <laughs> yes which is a, a new thing but um, it, what I like about her character, though, is that she isn't just, you know, just Cruella DeVille in a, in a business suit. She's, she's actually sympathetic. I mean, you could, when she explains how she met Wilford, it, it makes sense that she's so loyal to, to this person. And, you know, you, you realize, okay, it's not coming just from, from a place of, of being sneering and elitist and all of that. It's, it's this weird, you know, almost cultish loyalty right. that, that she feels because she was elevated up from what she was experiencing by, by meeting him. What she doesn't realize and what, you know, was finally made clear in this episode was exactly what happened to Wilfred. I was right. glad to see mm -hmm. that out of the way and what exactly he did. You know, he was as, as he was, uh, as Melanie referred to him, he was a ticket salesman. Yeah. You know, that's all he really did. He was a figurehead because nobody would follow her, which I mean, she correctly understood that. And, and, you know, it's playing out now. Well, the she thing that the people haven't thought like five steps ahead of they're they're like, we're going to execute her. She just said that she made the train. I yeah. was like, uh, if the train stops running, what are you going to do? Like, there's no one on board who knows the train like she does. I would be like, you have life sentence in prison. Like, that would be, you know what I'm saying? You don't, you don't execute or, or the we'll person. we'll put you in the drawer, and if we need you, we'll resurrect you. Nah, but the drawer has messes with people's brains. I wouldn't put her in. And by the time the, that they get their faculties back, it's like two days a week later like no that's that's terrible like nah i would i would yeah that's not gonna in, work in an emergency in an emergency i'd sit her in a cell and then when we have an emergency you get her out and then you have her fix the train like that's what you do um ha executing her makes no sense it's like they haven't thought five steps ahead well these people are not really renowned for thinking five steps ahead no <laughs> that's true in too. general so yeah. Um, but I like that the, the, the I mean, how many episodes do we have left? Like two, maybe. They're running. They're running the final two tonight. Oh, okay. So yeah, yeah back to back. So is do we know if this is a limited series? Or are we supposed to be getting like? No, more? it's it got renewed for season two, I believe. Oh, uh, okay, cool. Oh, uh, okay. I don't know where they're going because I feel like this story is. That's pretty what I was finite. thinking. It sh it really should be a limited series. I mean, right. what are you going to do? Yeah. Especially after you had the revolution, 
what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. Another revolution. <laughs> I really don't We're going to take back our power. Well, I mean, I really don't feel that you can go back to the status quo at the end of all of this. Like, that would feel really cheap. No. Yeah, so we got to do something. Well, I think what's going to, my prediction, with knowing no information, haven't seen any trailers, is at the end of the day, Layton and, what's her name? Ruth? Melanie. Mel- Mel- Ruth? No, not Ruth. Melanie. Oh, Melanie? I think at the end of the day, the two of them are going to have to come up with an alliance. Yeah, oh, I think so. Yeah, that's what I think. Yeah, I think that's where it's going. She totally backstabbed him. I don't think she did. Except that she knows how to... I think that Layton is smart enough to realize once he finds out she actually made the train, and even though she... Oh, then when he finds out she killed Josie, that's not going to be good either. But I think he's smart enough to realize that you need her. And he but might. There's that, that teaser for next week. I haven't like, seen. I, I haven't oh. seen the teaser. I haven't seen the teaser. Oh, okay. Well, it was at the end of the episode. I know. I still haven't seen it. Some of us watch them on demand. They don't have the teasers. Yes. Uh, so, Greg, yeah. real quick, what did you think? Since you um, well, okay. Well, I'll, I'll tell you. I mean, Snowpiercer. Obviously, I saw the movie and everything. Um, I do have to say though that it's it's not the most gripping thing in the world. So, <laughs> I, I'm kind of watching. I, I'm watching Snowpiercer and then kind of doing laundry. <laughs> I'm not going to disagree. I say, though, that I mean, the standout points for this episode one was the conversation um, that Ruth had with Melanie, and about how crazy. when you gave me that commendation, you know, you were lying to me and all of that. I thought that was just, just awesome. Yeah, that was really <laughs> good. But then you contrast that with David Diggs, who's trying to give like this really inspirational rousing speech to go off and we have to fight and all this and I just was not impressed with that speech <laughs> at all. So he wouldn't he wouldn't get you the one train speech is not gonna get you to start screaming and diving <laughs> oh, sadly lacking. But I thought like the, the, the cool like um oh uh, somehow we've built like these these dragon killing spears like all the way in the back car. And we that was actually pretty cool. We can cool. kill dragons with these. <laughs> yes, but it was still cool. But we need to move on. We need to move so, on. Greg, would it would it would have worked better if David Diggs had sung it? <laughs> oh, you know what? That actually would have been cool. They turned that into a musical episode. Snow Snowpiercer the musical. Okay, guys. Okay, guys. We need to move on. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about uh, Doom Patrol. And last week's, you guys did not give it a great review. Was it better this week? It was a little better. Um, that does not sound enthusiastic. I'm still not. I'm still missing an, the Alan, the manic energy of Alan Tudyk. Yes. The, and I and I still think they're leaning way too heavily on the Dorothy camp. But for me, what worked? I, basically, Dorothy and Baby Doll have a play date, and uh, it does not eventually go well. <laughs> because <laughs> you're One dealing with that. two volatile characters for me the heart of the show kind of was Larry going back to help his son uh, his son settle things with his with his other son's estate and then ultimately being betrayed by his son and then that takes a tragic turn so that was you know you the, the misdirect was they seemed to be bonding but I was just waiting for the other shoe to drop, and it dropped, and bad shiz happened. Yeah. So. Yeah, but 
it's, it gets back to the this thing of I mean, as interesting as that was as an episode, it's like that's something that we should have seen last season, uh, because at this at this point again, I'm I keep wanting them to coalesce into a team. A team. And yep. at the, actually, my favorite part of the entire episode was was when they had Cliff imagining. Oh, dude! <laughs> The, 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 the 70s Starsky and Hutch like uh, fantasy that he had of Steel and of Stone Steel and Stone <laughs> that was the single best part of the entire episode it was it was absolutely brilliant it was perfectly shot all the characters you know who they had their their his version of it was just amazing and I mean I was just laughing out loud it was it was great it's just perfectly done and uh, but and then. Was- that is is where I want them psychologically to be, where they want to actually work with each other, you know, fighting the bad guys. And and we're still, you know, fumfering around having having psychodrama with with other characters. And it's like, yes, I, I think that that drama was necessary, but it's it shouldn't be something we're going through now in season two. I just question the. I don't like how, especially Titans, because Titans, I love those characters since I was a kid. But the way they laid out the seasons was stupid. And Doom Patrol season one wasn't bad, but this is this is weird. That you know, season one should be your we're building the team season, right. and season two should be we're a team taking on villains. I don't know what's going on. I mean, are these the B-list Berlanti showrunners? <laughs> what's going on? I, I was about to say, I'm not that impressed by the A-list, so if the B-list is, that's not good. Yeah, seriously. But, yeah, but I, at least it's you just, have... stuck in the groove is the problem. Well, guys, we need to wrap this it's one a, up. Wrap, wrap it's it up, a bad please. groove. Okay. Yeah. And, and the thing Stone. Is, that, oh, that was awesome. That was the best. Stealing Stone A. Rest of the episode, eh. Mm, All right. It's like more of this, please. But that—that's the thing. It could be. That's what drives me crazy. It could be a fantastic show. It's weird as all get out, which is fun. But they just keep going around the same little hamster wheel over and over, yep. week after week. And, right. and they need to get out of that, guys. All right, yeah. wrapping it up. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about Agents of Shield, and this time <laughs> we're in the '80s. And oh my God. They hit every single <laughs> 80s trope that it Cliche. was possible to hit. Like, you had the killer robots, you had the frog, you had the... Oh, my God, we had Max Headroom. We had, like, we had everything. Like Breakfast every, Club. had splatter movies stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the horror film with the, well, the blood was crazy. Oh, it was so, it was so crazy. And oh, somebody, somebody on that writing... For team has definitely seen Megaforce. <laughs> I was gonna say that Megaforce and Buckaroo Banzai. Yeah, yes. Buck, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, Buckaroo Banzai. <laughs> oh, uh, Greg, I want you to talk real quick. Uh, you and Yusun, I want both of you guys to talk since you guys haven't talked on the other. Yeah, I was gonna ask, are they gonna get sued like by the people who made Short Circuit? I mean, oh nobody's... yeah, and Cylons. <laughs> they had the Cylons, rant, rant, rant. and then yeah. one, of them, one of them said, uh, no, white. Yeah, number five alive. Exterminate. One of them said yeah. exterminate. I was like, cracking. <laughs> well, up. Mac actually called him short circuit at one point. Yeah. He actually came right out. Yeah, and did. Did. Uh, Greg, any other thoughts? What'd you think? Oh, and then, um, and then, you know, so 
I mean, I started to get a little, you know, okay, Mac, I understand Mac is, like, dealing with some stuff, but I was like, okay, wow, he's, like, really, wow, he's kind of losing it. He's not fit anymore, he's got a belly, he's got a beard going on, how are they going to, is he just going to pop back on the plane and then all of a sudden be buff again? I don't know how they're yeah, going to pull they that they, they, they pulled it a Thor. I, I thought he's got a huge <laughs> beer belly. Is what yeah. going. Oh, but that beard, come on. That was ridiculous. That, that looked was like dyed cheesy... cotton ball. Yeah, it was, was crazy. Yeah, yeah, that was a cheesy, I, I kept cheesy wondering, beard. Yeah, I kept wondering, though. It's like, wait a minute. He's So he's still shaving his head, but he's not shaving his beard. <laughs> <laughs> and what is he doing for money? He does nothing but sit around drinking beer and making a little little model car. Seriously. How do you get the apartment? Yes. I mean, Deke, but... at least they explained how he's getting along. And that, that was fantastic. Of Deke, I thought Deke singing was like cool, but I was like, that can't be him singing. That, that really, I looked it up. That really was. Yeah, yeah I told that you. Really was I Jeff told Ward. you. For te- that, television, that really was Jeff Ward. When for television, when they have an actor showcase their singing, ninety nine percent of the time, it's really that actor. Huh. So, oh, he was good. Yeah, he was good. I love the I love the rock star eighties. Uh, you know, I mean, there were so many movies where like the lead character was in some sort of a band. You know what right. I mean? And so Rocky it wasn't Wong. just song. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I love that movie. But I mean, so many more. You know what I mean? So um, yeah, I mean, I I'll start with a negative. Where's my Sousa? And where's my Daisy? Well, they, they took enough. off. They were at a different no, time. I know. I, I, I know where they were in the narrative. I'm just saying that on the show, um, I'm just being silly. Um, I can they live got a one week off. episode. Huh? They got a week off. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, but anyway, um, yeah, overall, I mean, this season in general, play to me, plays like DC Legends. It's just wacky and, you know, time travel-y. And, and that's not a diss. It's just we are literally not supposed to take anything seriously. I mean, this episode did nothing to move the story forward, and that is not a complaint. Um, it's just them playing dress-up. It's the writers playing, you know, fantasy tributes to every era so i mean it's all slight and it's all fun to watch um so clearly none of us are or any fan is gonna bail um but yeah i think this is kind of like a victory lap they're just kind of like we don't care we know that the you know we know the show's ending there's some sort of boring chromacon you know villain that like literally doesn't matter it's just a vehicle to, to to get to play dress up and and do this thing. So I I I'm very excited. Like once I saw what they were doing, I just thought, oh, this is going to be fun to see what they do with every decade. Um, and yeah, they absolutely. 80s is my childhood, so um, it was especially fun. It was kind of like a not a drinking game, but it was kind of like pick out the 80s trope, you know, and then you were like, oh that, oh and that's one, and is that one, you know, and it so it sent me back to my childhood. So all around, it was a super fun watch for sure. But it's not at all like moving the story <laughs> forward. <No. laughs> well, we got to move on. And, you know, wrap up thoughts. Go ahead. Yeah, wrap up thought. Considering that the TV guy or the, the the description on the direct on the direct TV said that you know Mac is dealing with the repercussions of his parents' deaths, this was a great way to do it. We get like one act of him moping around, which is boring and not fun to watch, and then we get Deke pestering him into jo- rejoining the human race and Shield. So, right. and, yeah, and, and, and I think that was necessary too because he wouldn't have been able if he had stayed with the ship and they had to keep going on mission. He really wouldn't have been able to deal with it. 
You wouldn't have nope. the time. And I, and, I, and I love the ragtag group of, you know, faux agents. <laughs> <laughs> that was great, too. Oh, and the Russian? the Russian? The Russian doesn't just speak English? <laughs> she just had knives? That was all pretty good. All right, we got to wrap this up. We got to wrap this up. All right, next up, we're going to talk about The Order, and we're on season two, and we're talking about episode two, uh, three and four, which was called Fear Itself Part 1 and 2. And this was basically the big heist. This was the episode where the werewolves decide that they're going to steal, not only because the when they got mind-wiped, the Order came in and took all their books, took their hide lockers, took all their stuff, and they're like, we can't let the, the Order keep our hide lockers at least. So they had to figure out a way to break into the vault and and steal their stuff back. But of course, the the wrinkle is you got to go down this hall that brings out your greatest fears. And every spell that they used to try to circumvent it, all of them failed. So every, like, you just kept seeing them going through all these nightmare scenarios, especially in the first episode. Well, what'd you guys think of those two? Hello? Bueller? I, I thought it was great. Um, you know, the big, the big, the big deal with the episode is they they end up making a deal with a demon. They summon a demon to help them effect right. this heist. And one uh, one of the guys, Randall, uh, the one from uh, Randall's, like, dudes, this is not a good idea. And of course, he's right. <laughs> yeah, making a deal with a demon never sounds like a good idea. And they're never like, oh, we totally, well. we totally, we yeah, totally have control. A paw thing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they they it's like, okay, I'll do this, but then they don't tell you, you know, what happens in like subcodicil three of of the the uh deal that you didn't realize you were making. So mm-hmm. th- that's exactly how this, this plays out. Uh Greg, your thoughts? Oh, but I love the fact that Demon was like, uh, oh well maybe I'll do this if you make me some drinks. <laughs> <laughs> that was a fun twist. Yeah. Um, but, but I mean, then, go ahead. Yeah, but then, of course, you know, you knew there's going to have to be some payback, right? You know, so um, you were just kind of waiting. You're just kind of waiting for the shoe to drop on that one. You know, right. you knew it was going to be that easy. Of course not. Well, I mean, they're like, yay, we got the, we got all the loot. And then, like, they go back the next day and all their loot is gone. She's like, oh, yeah, I got contracted again to steal it from you. And I was just like, come <laughs> on, guys. That seemed really obvious. Oh, so now everybody's out. Uh, but what's weird is they're playing up, at least at this point in the story when I was watching it, what's going on like with, oh, Ham, what's his name? is Ham, right? Hamish. Hamish. Yeah. Hamish. Hamish and the, uh, and Vera, like, I see that he's kind of weirdly obsessed with her. I'm not entirely sure why that is, but he's like following her around almost puppy dog like and I never I mean it's not a bad ship but I kind of was like I don't know exactly the origin he's of it. He's got a thing for cougars what can you do? <laughs> well the, the, the fact that Randall te- teases about him it's like somebody's hot for teacher. Right. <laughs> um but I I really I like the relationships and, and Alyssa this is when she figures out that her magic isn't working for a reason. She's not sure what the reason is at this point, but she's like, okay, my magic's not working. Everything's on the fritz. I can't do a simple spell. And so then she basically is getting benched. She ends up telling Vera, and Vera Vera. basically benches her and doesn't let her do 
So she basically gets a demotion, is really what happens. Um, and she's freaked out about that. Is there anything else that happens we need to talk about? I mean, the problem is with the order is, of course, that I cranked through the order really fast, and now everything is very vague in my mind. Yeah, same here. They all kind of run together, and I'm not sure which which episode certain things happened in. Right. Well, we still haven't found out who the big bad is yet. Correct. Yes. We're working up to that. We still still had... No, the last two episodes, we had that woman that was going around doing those spells. The the Traveler. The Traveler, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we had that, and we knew that that's connected to something. And or then, sorry, tourist. Uh, tourist is what tourist. they said. And then we know that uh, the dude's teacher is weird. He's making really weird coded comments to him. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But we don't know what that means. We know that he's something. We just don't know what he is. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's coming together. Uh, the Order is fun. It's just a, it's a fun show. I enjoy it. And yeah, but the body count—the body count is still going—is really high with this show. Like, that is true. Like, it, it is witches and, and, and werewolves. So yeah, <laughs> like, people die like crazy. Like in magic, and then all—and then I think all Alyssa did was like snap a twig, and the woman goes flying, and now she's dead. Yep. So I was like, what? <laughs> well, that's because her magic is going wonky. She was just trying to like knock her out, and she totally killed her because she used too much force in her spells. Boom! 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 So, all right. So let's move on. Uh, I'm loving the order, and I've say I'm saving the finale for when we get towards the finale, so that it'll be fresh in my mind. I'm trying to do that so that we stay on pace, but unfortunately, that means I have to find something else to watch during the week. <laughs> all right. Uh, next up, you're way behind on Star Girl. <laughs> oh, right. I'm not that desperate for television. <laughs> Uh, next up, we're going to talk about Warrior Nun, which is another series that I'm trying really hard not to finish. Um, and Warrior Nun, we're on episodes three and four, and what those episodes were about is basically it's when um, a girl, what is her name, lead? The Ava? Ava, thank Ava. you. It's when Ava, she finally gets captured I almost said the order. Is it still the order? Is it? Is it called the? Like, I think it is called the order. Oh my god! No, they, no, they have a they have a special name, and I'm I'm blanking on it. It's it's and they they usually go by, uh, just the the initials. They, yeah, it's the it's not like the order of Saint Christopher, but it's like the order of Saint somebody. Anyway, so they capture her, they bring her into training, and she learns she learns more about what she doesn't know in training. And she finds out a little bit about her power that she can phase through walls, which is really cool. Uh, and also she can phase through weapons, but not all the time. It's like, it's weird. It's like she doesn't have complete control over her abilities at all, but she learns about being a halo bearer, what that means, the heavy price. Because the priest is like making her read aloud creepily all the time. And because um, I, I, I was like, why doesn't he just give her the book to read it? And he's like, you must read it in front of me. I'm like, okay. Um... But I think his point with having... Sorry, go ahead. All I was going to say is I think his point is he wanted to show her that the Halo Bearer is important and has a responsibility, but what he ended up showing her is the Halo Bearer uh, dies very early. (laughs) Which was I don't think was his point, but that's what she took from it. But go ahead, Yusun, what were you going to say? Oh, no, I was just going to say... 
I was just going to interject that I think he was making her read it out loud because I don't think that he trusted that she would read it. So, you know, it was like, cool. She had to just come and read it. And, and I don't know. I think it's always more a little more powerful and it embeds yourself in your memory when you are, like, reading it aloud. Right. So, um, I mean, I think that was that was just that for me. I honestly, I think I remember raving about the show um, the first last podcast so um i'll let some other people talk and and, and interject when i can think of things because quite frankly i i also i barreled through it and then i think you convinced me not to finish it because uh because of exactly this i don't remember what happened in episodes three and four (laughs) (laughs) so so blah 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 i love the show blah 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 i mean um I'll let somebody else talk, except I will say this, um, and it's not a downer at all, but um, it really kind of uh, just barreled out of the gates for me. And now that I'm up to episode six, I am not saying that the show isn't as good or I don't like it as much. I do believe, though, and this is kind of rare for me, I will hold my reservations until I see the whole series. I think there's only eight, right? It's not ten. No, it's is ten. it eight? No, it's, it's only eight. Oh, eight? is it only eight? I thought it was. Yeah, I was going to. I could I be don't wrong. Know. Wait a second. Let me see. Well, whatever. Continue. Yeah. Continue your thoughts. So, so um, I, I, I did feel like, uh, I don't know that it's it, not that it's starting to drag, but I, I don't, almost feel like they could have made this even shorter. I don't know. We'll see. But what I will say that I do like about it is she is very likable. I said that before, and um, I like. Oh, I know what I was going to say. She isn't a petulant teen. She is, you know, but she's not annoying for some reason. Like, um, I think I truly believe that the way that they wrote the show and they've written her, um, her hesitancy and her reluctant, her like, you know, walking away from all that. I find that very believable. You know what I mean? She um, and it's very poignant. She was literally a quadriplegic for her whole life. She doesn't even get to have a life now. Now she's supposed to be a superhero, you know. So I think that the way they portray it is very real and she plays it really well and you know I wasn't sure about the romance I mean he's a cutie um but I I thought oh is this gonna turn into like a sappy teenage whatever whatever but they keep that in check as well um and he's you know so and he's a good sidekick it kind of gives her the reason to kind of you know leave even more so so yeah no for me the show is still very strong and very fun it is an easy watch uh, but it isn't mindless or pointless. There's some really solid acting, and it's a fun story. Uh, Allison, your thoughts? Um, okay, well, first of all, uh, the, the it's the OCS, the Order of the Cruciform Sword. And yes, you are right, it's ten episodes, uh, which I blew through, like, in two days. And so I'm in the same place. I'm, I'm like, what happened? Wait a minute on this particular episode. But that's, but part, I, of, that's I, part of why I want to break it out is because I don't want to just talk about the show as a whole because then you miss right, the yeah. details. Right. Yeah, I'm going to watch them before, the, before each podcast. I'll do that for you, Olivia. Thank you. But, but this particular episode, um, uh, this, is, this is kind of where we find out a number of things like, the, first of all, they, they bring her back to to the uh, I've, they had a name for for the, the the church church and but they bring her back there to to train her and try to teach her and so we get a little bit of that and we get the dynamics of what's going on with the um, with the nuns and they they basically show how they go about everything the wrong way and they they kind of encourage her to finally 
escape from this place. Well, because the and Mother Superior out. was so backhanded with how she dealt with her. It was just... Yeah, everything is, is about punishment. And she's right. already had, like, a lifetime of that, you know, stuck in, in an orphanage at the mercies of, of a really sadistic homicidal nun. So this is just kind of more of the same. And and you can see she's, she's not going to react well to this. She's not going to bend to this. She's going to rebel right to the end and eventually escape. And that's exactly what she does. So they kind of do everything wrong, but they do, they do give you a, a look at various characters like the mother superior, like, uh, sister Lilith, who believes that she should have gotten the right. halo instead, um, and it also gives you some of the political dynamics going on right. with the with the bishops and the Vatican. Yeah, yeah. Um, and... I personally think that the bishop at this point, because I don't know everything, I think the bishop is lying every time he says the Vatican says this, the Vatican. Like, I feel like I don't believe him. You know, I don't believe yeah. anything that dude is saying. One hundred percent has his own agenda for oh, sure. Oh, absolutely, like, oh, yeah. yeah, definitely, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I, I, and I like pretty, that. I like the I'm political pretty, intrigue. I'm pretty sure that they already established that the Pope is sick, right? And they're so they're expecting, and they, they don't last very long. Let's face it. Anyway, um, so he's looking to to angle clearly right. to get himself put in there and everything that he does is is going to be geared in that direction so yeah you, he's, you're getting the feeling he's not really as trustworthy as we might have thought initially oh either. and is this the episode is this the episode where he's he's constantly i do kind of love this it's very passive aggressive you know read between the lines he's constantly trying to um recruit people for his right. to his side this one yeah. is, this, this one is he's he's recruiting lilith yes this one it's all about because he oh, later on he tries to recruit another nun, but that's oh, later. Be that's later. I was seeing that one. Okay, forget it then. But yes, no, I do kind of love that because I mean he's just so sneaky and um, you know and and the way he does it is so you know subtle. Um, and I so didn't those, think those he was that subtle. I thought he was pretty well, much. Uh, well, no, it's not subtle to. I don't know. I just feel like he's you know he's uh, squirrely kind of what I don't know. I just like that the political intrigue aspect of it gives it another you know uh, another dimension. shade to yeah, yeah dimension. Yeah. All right, well we need to wrap I, that up. Oh, don't. I ahead. fear for her boyfriend's life. Oh yeah, he just seems <laughs> yeah. too perfect, sure. and it's like just put a target on his head. <laughs> right, that's true too. Because I was like, he's pretty, he's innocent. He doesn't know anything about what's he's happening. He's nice. He's nice. Yeah, he's not gonna live long. Is this the scene? Is this the is this the episode where he gets it on? Would they get it on in the in no, that boat? No, no, because okay. she's these two episodes are just them at the church, and and it okay. ends with her breaking out of there. Spoiler. <laughs> All right. Um, that I don't. I feel like it's not that big of a spoiler. It, it makes no real. Yeah. Kind of knew that sexy time was gonna happen. Right. Uh, <laughs> let's move on. Um, next up. Well, I'm gonna say thumbs up. By the way. For sure. Uh, I'm really yeah. liking Warrior Nun. Uh, next up, we're gonna talk about Dark. And oh my God, uh, episodes three and four. Three is called Ava and um, Adam. And Adam and Ava. Adam and Ava, whatever. And I'm giving the woman her due, saying her name first. The order's kind of important. Uh, and then the origin is the, the origin is the next episode. So let's talk about Adam and Ava. And uh, Tom has given us uh, labels for the two alternate universes. We have Prime Universe 
and Node Jonas universe, or are we calling yeah. it Prime Earth 2? Nonus. No, Nonus. Earth Nonus. <laughs> Earth Nonus. Nonus. And let me just say that I started watching this Sunday after the podcast. I was intrigued, and I finished watching episodes three and four yesterday. So I have mainlined this show. You can't watch did, too many episodes in a row. I was about to say. Dense. I was about to say. How are you still conscious? Like, how is that yeah. possible? <laughs> yeah, you should be in a drawer like Snowpiercer. <laughs> Like, oh my, your brain should be dripping out of your ears. Um, but I like the distinction that you're making because I thought I was smart. I watched the first two seasons of Dark thinking that I was pretty smart because I kept track of the characters' names and the time periods we were in. And I was like, I got it. I understand this show. I'm awesome. And then at the end of season two, they're like, let's add alternate universes. And I was like, uh-oh. Like, as soon as they did that, I knew I was in trouble. And then when you start season three and you're jumping all over the place, I had you're jumping a... in, you're jumping through time periods in the alternate universe. Yes. Yep. And, and, and I, 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 I was, I got lost. I will. I, will... I really feel like you should give us Chirons. I feel like at this point we've earned it. We're in season three. Just help us out a little, you know, and then this way it wouldn't be so aggressively exhausting because, I mean, I said to Livia when we were watching this at one point, did I say this last podcast? Well, I, I have to concentrate so hard to watch this show. <laughs> and then afterward, we do a talking dark, you know, after like we watch two or three. We talking call each other. Dark? And, yeah, we, we yeah, call we each other. We call each other to make yeah, sure that we both other. understood what? what happened. I was not involved in this conversation. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I, feel I, very, I feel very miffed. dressed up some random kid in his clothes. Right, and so they think it's the same killer, and that he picked the kid to look like him, and they're trying to figure this out, 
and they find the penny and all oh, go ahead Tom what were you going to say no, I, I, Ulrich dude in the <laughs> ultimate universe <laughs> you leave your wife and your family to marry your mistress who's pregnant with a kid and you leave her for your co-worker dude keep your fly yeah. zipped well the only thing I have to say about the reason why Charlotte and Ulrich is a little icky is that they're actually related they don't know they're related, but they are. And I was like, mm. well, how many how many couples can you talk? Can you say the same thing about in this on show? this show? A lot. A lot of people are related on this show, and I I can't. It's so twisted. The show is. So I mean, twisted. my favorite is is the mother whose daughter is her mother. Is right. Her it's like a it's, <laughs> her it's a circle. Her daughter. Yes. Yeah. That's while, yes, but they're not. But at least they're not having sex. You know what I'm saying? Well, oh so. my God, that would be horrible. <laughs> well, we haven't found all <laughs> that yet. <laughs> but every time somebody else has sex with somebody who, who they share genetic material with, I'm always like, yeah, maybe both worlds should blow up. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I mean, they should put an end to all this. I'm not sure. But then well, there to be, be fair, show. 90% of the people don't know they're related other than Jonas and Marta do. Well, he knew when they had sex and she didn't. She found out after the fact. And I was just like, that's just wrong, man. I feel like you should, you should before you have sex, not only should you be like, is this consensual? Do we have condoms? And by the way, you are not related to me. Like, I feel like all those things should be. DNA just... test first. Yes. Yeah, but, I mean, you know, that's the about... one thing that this show does fall down on is like, there is, if you find a, a body that nobody can identify, the very first thing that they do, they check dental records and, and they do a DNA, DNA test. test. Right. And nobody ever does that with any of these bodies in this show, which that is the one thing that, that drove me crazy, logically speaking. Yeah, because they should have known that Mads was related to Ulrich. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, but the the thing is, if they want to keep the characters in the dark, I'm here all week. Anyway, um, <laughs> all month, probably all year. Anyway, uh, yeah, it's they, they can't have that kind of information. And I realized that from a storytelling perspective, but logically it kept it kept bugging me. Uh, Greg, your thoughts. You want to talk about the origin? talk about that well, episode I think the, well i think the you know obviously the parallel universe is kind of nice because we we do get to see ulrich again because nice. in the time universe we kind of only get to see like the, the older old version ulrich, right who's like trapped at the mental institution and everything so it's like oh cool ulrich back but oh my gosh you're like you're like ooh, in every universe you're just not faithful. That's what I'm talking about. But I mean, hold yeah. up. Let's talk about the origin. Let's we, let's move on a little bit and talk about that episode. That was the one where Jonas and Marta travel to 2052. They travel way into the future and they get told this is the timeline. This is what's going to happen. And then they bump uglies. But then in 1954, that's when Hannah is sleeping with Egon. 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 I never remember his name. So, uh, your thoughts about that, Greg? Uh, well, okay. Well, <laughs> I, I mean, it's it's kind of the middle part of the story, right? So, um, uh, yeah, I mean, you find out, um, and I and I hope this isn't a spoiler, but we do find out that Hannah's pregnant. That is the big uh, news she finds out, yes. Right, and so and and so yes, very difficult to kind of go. Okay, so in the prime universe, Hannah is 
pregnant in the past. With Egon's and baby. In, and in uh-huh. the parallel universe, she's pregnant with Ulrich's, Ulrich's baby. baby. Yes. Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah, and, that, that is hard to... Yes, but... Yeah. And, very and, fertile. Yeah. But what, <laughs> the, although, the I will... The origin, though, the, the whole point that the, they were... What they were leading us to in the origin was really um, Martha's baby. Martha right. and Jonas's baby. Correct. Um, because, you know, those the, the three weird characters who were with traveling with each other, the yeah. little kid, the uh, middle-aged guy, and the elderly guy... Um, they are, that's the sun. And yeah. that, that is the end product of that delightful that, union. That, that was, uh, I was like, oh, Yusun was like, for two really good looking people, they had a really ugly kid. And I was like, yeah, that's, that's, that's <laughs> right. Well, you know, when you're that close together in the gene pool, stuff happens. Yeah, it just yeah. comes out wrong. And, and when the baby doesn't have a name, but has an infinity sign, usually not a good sign. Yeah. <laughs> Prince can pull it off, he can. Prince. <laughs> but but you know I mean because I was wondering who this 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 creepy trio was for, for the last few episodes and then they they finally let you know okay um, and then they don't even give it a name which is even creepier but um, well, it's on, on the family tree it's they literally have an infinity sign yes right. exactly so that's that's kind of where that is I'm not sure you know because I blew through this thing so fast um, and and actually I'm not sure how. The, anyone was able to keep the stuff straight when it was like the seasons were, were a year apart because how do you even remember? Um, right. But uh, in one of these two episodes, it had the confrontation between Hannah and Ulrich. She, oh, she yeah. finds she him in the, in the prison and makes him think that, you know, she's going to get him out. Oh, that was, then, that was in season two. That you know, was... No, no, no. Season no, it three. was this. It was this. Oh. Remember and, me, she... She, it was she's just traveled to 52. Yeah. Or 53, that whatever. how evil she really was. Oh, she's absolutely evil. No doubt. She's no doubt. awful. Yeah. The worst. And so then proceeds the boink. Egon. The married dude. Yeah. I mean, well, I felt I mean, a little bad for I mean, him be honest, because his wife was his cheating wife really on isn't him. Into him. Yeah, his wife is not into him. His so, wife was not into him. She wasn't, I mean, she was having a, a fling of sorts, but she wasn't, you know... Uh, yeah, they were totally having sex. What are you talking about? She was having a yeah. full-on affair. Yeah. Like, she, they showed them wrong. having sex. Yeah, they did. I, I, I remember the scene because the daughter walks in. <laughs> but they insinuated that more scenes happened, and you're right, she was in love with the other woman. It wasn't just sex. Who has disappeared. Egon, right, and Egon is not in love with Hannah. He was just having sex with her. Yeah. Um, yeah this yeah, is like a was... really oversexed German town. <laughs> <laughs> And no one moves, and so everyone's related. It's just so disturbing. <laughs> right. So disturbing. And even those Don't who move, come back a again. next door, she could be your cousin. <laughs> could be your aunt. Or your aunt. Is, even those who, who move, come back. So yeah. a lot of good that does. Yeah. All right, well, let's move on before we give any spoilers, because I don't want to do that. But, yeah, Dark is amazing. Uh, and... ooh, ooh, fun fact. What's that? The theme song was underscore when Gus Fring in Gus Fring's final appearance on Breaking Bad. Really? Huh. What? Yes. No way. When, when Gus walks from his car to inside to where Tio is before Tio blows him up. Blows him up. Uh huh. It's the it's the beginning of the 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 theme song for Dark. 
Like, wow. but Dark oh, wow. wasn't out wow. yet, so this Dark is just using oh, the same the, song. The, yeah, the song's been, a, yeah, they, the song's it, been it around for a while. It's an existing song, but oh, I, had, okay. I, had not, I had not remembered that. That's interesting. Okay, oh. well, let's move on. Cool. Uh, the last thing we want to talk about is The Old Guard, starring Charlize Theron. Uh. Okay, I can tell how Tom <laughs> feels about it. So, Tom, do you have anything more to say than a big sigh? I checked my watch like an hour into the movie because an hour into the, they kept talking about you were criticizing Perry Mason for for the editorial you know style and you know not being very tight. They kept repeating story beats. It's the same. They get attacked by a bunch of people. They kill everybody and resurrect. That happens like too many times in the first hour of the movie before we find out the evil Dursley kid from Harry Potter's the quote unquote bad guy. That is hilarious. I will say that the weakness of this movie is definitely the bad guy. The bad guy, because there's Ugh. a scene where he's like, he's like waiting in his penthouse and he's holding the axe and he's like, okay, I can take. I was like, you look like an idiot. Like he looked like I, 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 I think that was the point, though. Yeah, it was the point. I don't think factual. No, and he yeah. just he I just mean, was not he wasn't a good villain. That's all I'm gonna say. He was not but, a good villain. You know what? He, but no, I want to I want to jump off on that because um, I'm getting really sick of like faux Mark Zuckerberg, you know, villains. Oh my gosh! Like, Seriously, every... the real Mark Zuckerberg is bad enough. <laughs> yeah, no, no, exactly. We don't need we don't need to watch every every TV movie show be some tech giant geek, you know, uh, whatever. I mean, they they do a little variety on it, a little twist, but they're all like they're all like that. So so not only was he not you know not strong enough, he was such a trope at this point, and I'm sick of it. You know, well, so okay. all the um, thing is, yeah, go ahead. But I want to hear some positive because unlike Tom, yeah, I, I actually really love this the movie. cast. The cast what? is pretty much amazing, especially yeah. Charlize. Yeah, it's got a great and, cast. Um, and 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 the, uh, the the uh, well, all of them are great. But the uh, the black female lead, I I'd never seen her before, and she's terrific. Yeah, she's really yeah. good. The one who played Nile. I'll jump off on that because I was saying, um, I I loved her. Oh, gosh, where do I start? She. Um, Olivia was like, "Don't be negative," but I'm trying to like, okay, so her, so um, what? she, she <laughs> I thought she was cast really well. She's like an ingenue, but tough underneath, you know. Um, so she has that. She's got lots of shades to her. She isn't a stereotype or or a, or a, a trope. Um, she's not like a full on like marine kind of, uh, uh, you know what I mean? Hoo ha kind of thing. Um, but she she's clearly capable uh but she's got this innocence about her um and and she plays it really well um she's very uh watchable um i i think the chemistry between her and charlize is really good and i'll use that as a jumping point off for the cast i love the chemistry between the cast we don't even know them very well i thought what this movie did really well and i do have problems and i'll, I'll hold that for later uh, let other people talk but as far as what really helped me really stay in in the sh sh movie, uh, although at the same time lost me, was because right away uh, I felt like these people genuinely had missed each other, they're bonded, they had a, a real ease and, you know, repartee between them. It was very 
I thought believable uh, without being so gung ho. It was it was it was very. Um, I love that they were all European, so there was that underlying sensibility. Uh, I and I loved I loved the relationship between the two guys who were had been in love for a millennia or half a millennia, whatever. Well, I like um, that they started off as enemies. It's like yeah, we killed each other a yes, bunch of times. No, all of it. I love the whole. I, no, all of it. I love the backstory. I was going to mention that as well. Um, the fact that they started out as enemies. You know, they talk about that close relationship between love and hate. So, um, I, again, I thought it was nuanced, the performance. I thought it was very genuine. The the relationship between the two of them didn't seem like a trendy thing, you know, like, oh, here's your gay couple. Um, it's just seemed... So all of the human relationships, all of the dialogue, all of those scenes... Um, really helped me to stay in the movie, but and I'll I'll, start, I'll finish with this. Um, it at the same time actually slowed the movie down a little too much, and kind of is is my main problem with the movie. The director was uh, directed um, Love and Basketball like a bajillion years ago, which I remember seeing and really <laughs> liking. But here's the thing: when she does the dialogue and the relationships, it's it feels very natural and and really. Good and poignant. There's that. There's even a scene, wait, not dialogue, where the main character is dying. You know, when she first gets her slit throat slit, and you focus in on her face, and it's lit beautifully, and there's this one tear coming out of her eye, and I thought, wow, I was like, this is going to be, you know, amazing. But for me, I feel like the action sequences were awkward uh, in terms of the editing, how we got in and out of them. The fight scenes were okay. Um, but for me, it was a little hard to watch because I felt like a lot of times the human aspect made the movie, you know, stop dead. Even though the movie, those scenes were good, I, I felt a little bored, which is ironic because that was, you know, she did that so well. And the whole Jason Bourne cinematography, Steadicam, all of that, I mean, it was uh, so annoying at one point. I had to look away from the screen and I thought there was in one scene, in one scene, there was like shaking when it was like when it was on one person and then on the other person it was completely steady and i was like i do not understand why they're doing that so even within the same conversation so i feel like the sh the movie was uneven for me it has a lot going for it um but at the same time overall i feel like as an action piece it it did not really work for me in its in its entirety but i am really excited and i will finish with this i like that they totally uh, you know, opened it up for a, a sequel. I'm just hoping that, you know, I mean, it's rare that a sequel is better than the first one, but I feel like there's room for improvement. I feel like there's a lot there to work with, and I think there's a lot of, uh, but there's room for improvement. And I would absolutely tune into a sequel. Uh, Allison, you're quick, quick, quick. Go, go. Um, okay, well, I, you know, I was not expecting a whole lot from it, but then I figured, okay, well, it's a two-hour movie, so I, I don't have to invest like hours and hours and hours of my time. So why not? And I I enjoyed it. I you know, I think I think everything that's been criticized about it is actually legitimate, but I was enjoying it anyway for, for because to me it was just kind of a light fluffy thing. Um let's face it, it's another take on Highlander. You know, they, it's it's a bunch of immortal people who become yes. immortal by dying violently. And you know, I mean, it's at least they didn't have their there can only be one thing, but it's you know it's it's very much the same kind of of idea. I I was I like I, I really but I, I, as opposed to that I really like that they worked as a unit. Highlander was always solo. Every because it could be only yeah, one. Everyone could only be one. So yeah, they were always by, by themselves. But I really right. like the teamwork in this. And I and I really right. want to say real quick 
too, that I love this movie. I thought that it was fantastic. I had no problem with the pacing. I love the human elements, and I, I really like the action scenes, too, especially the hand-to-hand stuff. I thought all the hand... And then whenever she used, like, her axe, I thought it was amazing. But continue... Sorry, Allison, go ahead. No, I, I thought that, you know, there there was... Uh, and men mentioned something about the shaky cam and going back and forth, and that was during the desert scene uh, there were, that stood out for me. At the very beginning when they were talking about, okay, we've been found out, and now what are we going to do? And they're literally doing nothing except sitting in the desert, and for some reason we're getting shaky cam, and, I had, and it was driving me up a wall, and I yeah, had that... no idea why that was going on. It's like nothing's happening. They're just sitting there. Stop moving the camera. Um, so it was like little things like that, like they weren't quite sure what they were doing. It was, you know, the the the, the storyline pretty much went exactly the way I expected it to. I, you know, I I knew where the double crosses were going to happen, and yeah. and who was going to be responsible. And the the little bit at the end was again, I was waiting for that to happen. Yeah, um, I, I was waiting for the yeah, I was waiting for the Asian girl to come back mainly because. The other woman was having dreams about her. And I was like, yeah, the only yeah, reason she's, she's been having dreams about yeah. her is that she's alive. <laughs> right. Exactly. The movie was completely predictable, but a fun ride. But I really want to say this. Yeah, I think this fun. is super important and it's positive. What I loved about it, yes, it was, you know, derivative of the Highlander and some other stuff. It also reminded me a little bit of like Underworld, the female lead and the, you know, blah, blah, blah. But um, I loved the 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 plot twist or, or the the aspect of the fact that their um, immortality can go at any time, time and they yeah. don't know it, you know, uh-huh. and whatever. So there there's an urgency and there's a um, there's a, a stronger kind of you know uh, poignancy is the wrong word, but every time one of them died, you were holding your breath as was the other person when they were like, <laughs> wake up, wait, wait, you know, and every time. That- lovers like one of them got shot i was like oh you're no 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 don't die don't die you know so for me that made the show actually so much better the movie so much better yeah. because then we're really invested in the characters even because more there is a because i have plenty of death yeah. yes there's you know, that possibility remote, but still there right. yeah to watch it as a viewer but to then also watch the characters go through that you know it it really uh upped the game for me and i thought that was a great and addition I, I, actually, of- I actually and i really like the punishment that they gave the guy that betrayed them he's like what yes. uh-huh. you kill me yeah. and they're like no you're banned from us for a hundred years which is like for a lifetime of an immortal that's terrible to be just sit off to be alone for that yep. amount of time, I was like, "Wow, that's and, and I like especially this... when you know that one of the people you're closest to is not actually going to be it. around when right. you can you can see yeah. everybody again." Right, and I, I really loved his response. He was like, "That's more than I hoped for, but better than I deserved, or something like that." Yeah, that he said, and I thought that was that was very poignant of him. Like he realized. That w- like, and, and I like the fact that the reason of his betrayal was not because he's a terrible person or no, because... But it was still selfish. But it, it, was was still se- it was selfish, but it wasn't the standard reasons of selfishness. Yeah. yeah. So I thought that that was at least interesting. All and, of that stuff I think I really liked. Yeah, and yeah, I really... That, that I hope that they do, though, for, for the sequel. Because I, that it was the part that I found really interesting was their backstories. Right. I, yes. I really wanted to see more flashbacks. Yes 
more yes. stuff happening. And I, I really hope that, that when they, they do the sequel for this, they, number one, get another director. And number two, that they another leave writer? more on the, the flashbacks. I want more flashbacks. And especially yeah. the, 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 the storyline with her and the Asian girl, they said that they'd been together for like a couple hundred years before she got, they got separated. I want to see that. Especially if she's going to be the new villain. Like, I kind of saw this as a pilot almost. You know when they do yeah. like they did BSG and it was like you know two two hour movies, so it was like a mini series, and then they gave us the series. I would really, I thought this was a fantastic intro pilot. I would watch this as a series, and yes. then we could definitely get a lot of backstory. We could build on the relationships that we have now. Yep. Blah 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 blah. Like I think this would well, be a what great. I, what I, and I feel like they kind of set it up mainly because. Charlize Theron is going to die soon. So you could have the TV series yeah. with everybody else. Because everybody else is an unknown actor. Like, I've never seen, like, most of the rest of the cast. The rest of the Immortals. Well, so you tell IGF for Well, yes, he's... That's true. Um, but I do feel like with maybe another movie, they could then be like, and eh, this is now the TV show. Yeah. Um, totally. Plan, I, would... I, I read an article somewhere that the plan is to do a trilogy of movies. Okay. Uh, that makes sense. That works too. But I still need more flashbacks. That's all I'm saying. Definitely. All right, but let's wrap this. Let's wrap this up. Let's wrap this up. So I personally am giving it thumbs up. I love the movie. I, it might have had some problems. Too. I didn't have any problems other than I wanted more backstory, and that was just like my wish. Like I really wanted to see more of the flashbacks of the different eras that they lived in. Um. And the and the villain was was weak, but I still I'm still giving it two thumbs up for me. And I guess nobody else is agreeing with me. I'm just gonna take that side of this I agreement. Enjoyed it. I, I I definitely yeah. enjoyed it. I think it was filled with problems, with but I, I you know like I said I'd watch the series. I I will watch the sequel. Um, I, I mean it was a solid somewhere in the seven seven point six maybe for me. I don't know. All right, um, well, let's. I just was after four thumbs up or down. Up, <laughs> up. Oh, oh. Up. Okay. All right. So if you guys have any questions or comments, you send them to tvcampfire at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter. We're on Facebook. You can listen to us on getthepointradio.com, Krypton Radio, We Novels, and iTunes. And we'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Goodbye. Bye.